Hi, my name is Gia Chugani. I am 13 years old and from Barcelona. I welcome you once again on A Bite into Life, narrated first by Goldie Odomchandani, followed by Mercedes Caballé. Thank you for listening. Hello everyone. Before we dive into today's session, we would like you to go a step further after you listen to the episode. Mercedes and I are including a quiz that can help you identify your emotional patterns and how you deal with them. And since gratitude is one of our values, in exchange of you answering our questionnaire, we will offer you a personalized one-on-one session in the language of your choice, Spanish or English. Your feedback is valuable to us in developing a study on the challenges faced in the educational community. A link for this questionnaire will be available in our episode description. Your information will be treated with professionalism and the privacy it deserves, following the ethics of the ICF, the International Coach Federation, to which we both belong. Be sure to answer it. Thank you. Let me ask you a question. If you are given the power to understand or the power to not know, which one will bring you more suffering? You're probably wondering in what context. A few weeks ago, I spoke to you about being a superhero, and as we know, they all have a superpower. Spider-Man has one too. Yet, when he's unable to use it correctly or mismanages it, he ends up paying a heavy price, doesn't he? Quoting the famous proverb, with great power comes great responsibility. Popularized as the Peter Parker principle, used in the Spider-Man comics by Stan Lee. However, the origin of this proverb dates back to 1793 and the French Revolution, where it appears as a sentence in the French National Convention. The idea behind this proverb is to take responsibility for the power given to you. And in the case of Spider-Man, he had no choice but to understand fully what the purpose of this power is and how it can be applied. Now, in response to your question, in what context? The power I am referring to are your emotions. Our emotions are a very powerful source of information that have been with humans and mammals for over 200,000 years. If you understand them well, you are able to lead a highly emotionally intelligent life. Contrary to this, it is possible that you will incur many obstacles on the way, especially in your numerous relationships. The difference between understanding your emotions or not is reflected usually in your behavior that comes as a consequence of your reaction to that emotion. For example, your teacher has told you off for disrespectful behavior in class. This event leads you to feeling angry and you might lash out in class. The behavior you demonstrated was not that of an emotionally intelligent person, but the emotion itself is perfectly valid. The smart thing here would be to ask yourself, why did you behave disrespectfully in the first place? It's often to do with a previous event or situation where you experienced an emotion too, but were not able to undertake or understand and you carried it through into the classroom. For example, you may have been in break time and some of your classmates excluded you from a social plan and you felt rejected. 
This rejection may have initially transformed into sadness, and it's possible you tried to resist the feeling too, because you felt it was not cool to feel sad. In your attempt to block the sadness, you experienced frustration, and ultimately the adrenaline transformed into anger, leading you to then defend yourself and your behaviour in class was called out by your teacher. In a nutshell, there were a series of emotions that were triggered in your subconscious, but you were unable to consciously identify them, or later even understand what information they were carrying for you. Today, I will offer you a helpful tool that will help you to become more friendly with all your emotions. But first, I want to talk to you about understanding how emotions operate. The very first thing we have to change is our language on describing these emotions. We often hear negative emotions and positive emotions. If we know that all emotions are carriers of important, valuable information, we can classify them as those that bring us closer or others that distance us. So, an emotion of closeness would be joy. It invites you to share a piece of news, an achievement, to celebrate and to make contact with other human beings. It is also an emotion which is rather pleasant. Generally, we don't block joy out. An emotion that distances us would be fear. It warns us of a danger, makes us weary of people that don't appear trustworthy, impairs one of our senses when we are caught in the dark. This emotion can feel more unpleasant and sometimes we choose to not recognize it. And, in not giving it recognition, we can fall into the trap of repeatedly feeling it, and this is what causes us to suffer. There are many methods we apply to evade, and it may be interesting to recognize these, so you can know when you are doing this yourself. Once again, remember, emotions are not good or bad. They are all carrying a message for you. Now, the important thing to also note is that an emotion is energy in movement. It comes from the Latin emovere and literally means outward movement. Therefore, an energy that moves cannot be kept still and also does not last forever. All your emotions come and go, then others take their place and so on. When we understand this, it releases us from the thought that we will feel this way all the time. And as soon as we can believe this, we allow the emotion, be it anger, frustration, envy, sadness or anything else, to feel, flow and set it free. Coming back to ways in which we escape certain emotions. For one, we sometimes resort to buffering them. So we will comfort, eat, drink, be on our phone or even opt to change the conversation and quietly suppress that feeling. Remember it's an energy, so all you're really doing is pushing down that beach ball in a pool and holding it there. You might also feel it's not okay to feel an emotion, so you judge it. For example, you get frustrated about something and then feel guilty about feeling frustrated. This happens all the time because depending on the culture we belong to or our upbringing, we are judged for feeling sad and when we are ashamed to not feel happy, isn't it just easier to feel once and get it over and done with? And the final way we also escape the defensive emotions are by elevating the emotion more 
than the attention it requires, you get triggered by a thought and this produces an emotion in you. Instead of paying attention to the physical symptoms of that feeling in your body, you spiral into more thoughts that elevate the emotion further. And before you know it, you think life is a miserable charade and everything sucks. At this point, you have actually gone from being on defense to becoming outright negative. For years, it has been assumed that it's more important to have a high IQ than a high EQ. Essentially, one needs both, because when you break your arm, you will go to a doctor, correct? So, when you are feeling miserable and cannot manage your emotions, why can't we also go and talk to someone about this? Your body is made up with a mind as well, and this mind needs looking after. A really good way to open up about your emotions is to talk to a trusted person. I have a few very close friends, and they are my listening ears. You probably have them too, or maybe it's a family member, a grandparent. Anyone will do, as long as you trust them. I also want to tell you now about a very easy strategy that won't overwhelm you, and you can start off on paying attention to the emotion. The idea is not to fix it, but feel it. I'm borrowing this dialogue from Emily McDowell, the founder of Empathy Cards and a cancer survivor herself. How to feel your emotions. An unpleasant feeling arises. Your mind launches into whatever inner story accompanies this feeling. I'm unlovable. I'm a loser. I resent my face. Stop. You are thinking your feelings. Redirect your mind away from these thoughts and into the sensations in your body. Mentally name them. My chest is tight. My face feels hot. My belly is hurting. Breathe into the feeling or sensation and allow it. So you can cry, shake it, wail, dance. Breathe into the feeling or the sensation and keep allowing it. Your mind will really want to go back into the story and thoughts. When this happens, redirect your awareness in your body again. Take deep breaths. Keep feeling into your body. Let the feeling exist and trust that it will leave. Observe it changing. Watch it move. You have survived. Congratulations. Coming back to my first question. Is it better to have the power to understand or not to know? In this case, the more you understand your emotions, the more agility you will have to lead a life that empowers you. You can find the How to Feel Your Feelings guideline on my Instagram, coach underscore Goldie, and also on Emily McDowell underscore. I feel energized now. Thank you so much for listening and until next time.
How could you have a friendly relationship with your emotions? Hello again, I'm Mercedes Caballer welcoming you to this episode where you will find useful tools to identify and manage your emotions. Today, I propose you a trip and I ask you to listen in a space of silence, of connection with yourself. And if this is not the time, then I invite you to come back when you do have the space and quietness needed. We begin by breathing deeply a couple of times, closing your eyes, and start imagining how you are descending a staircase that will take you little by little to your childhood and those first memories. Little by little, you will be seeing the colors, the images, the people, being able to perceive the smells, objects that accompanied you every day, and the scenarios that surrounded you, your school, your home, your classmates, your teachers, and your family. With all your senses, you're remembering those moments full of emotions, those that you see, that you hear, and that you still feel in your heart today. How old were you when you go back to your first happy memory and you see yourself laughing out loud? You hear yourself sharing it. Where were you? With whom? Had you been aware of that first moment until now? And how did you live it? Recreate yourself in that light-hearted scene for a few seconds. Now, little by little, we leave that scene that we deeply like and will always be with us. We go now to that other memory of sadness that was etched in your eyes. Were you older? Can you still return to that feeling? And what did you do with it? Did you share it? How do you feel it even today? I'll let you experience it for a few seconds as an adult now. With all the resources that you have and talk to that person who you were and accompany her or him to feel that sadness. You can also say goodbye to that moment now, thanking what it taught you. And now let's go a little later, already in your teens. Do you remember those first butterflies in your stomach that announced the first kiss you were going to give or expected to receive? How clearly can you still see and feel it? A nice feeling probably that we all still remember very precisely. I invite you again to breathe deeply. And little by little, come back to this present moment. Open your eyes, stretch if you need it, and ask yourself how those emotions have influenced you, how you have been handling them throughout your life. Are you aware of how you live joy and how you handle sadness? Do they have something to do with those first memories? 
It is likely that your strategy, and yes, unconsciously we have it, in the face of those unpleasant emotions such as anger, sadness or fear, are not the ones you would like because you stay in them longer than necessary, or they lead you to situations of conflict with other people. I have good news, though. At the end of this episode, I'm going to give you a very valuable neurolinguistic programming tool to reduce the time you get hooked on an emotion that you do not want and thus learn to move between emotions in a more agile way. And to get even more out of this podcast, Goldie and I included a quiz that can help you identify your emotional patterns and how you deal with them. And since gratitude is one of our values, we want to share with you an assessment session thanking you for sharing your feedback with us for the study that we are developing on the challenges of the educational community. And since we're only able to provide a session for 10 people, I encourage you to participate quickly. The psychology Dr. Susan David that I mentioned in previous episodes refers to a tool to manage these emotions. She calls it MetaView, that is a view on the emotions or what the founders of neurolinguistic programming also called meta in the 60s. Yes, a bird's eye view of our emotions, our thoughts, and the way we communicate them to have another perspective. Or as Viktor Frankl also said, to provide a larger space between stimulus and emotion. Dr. David also recognizes that normally most of us disguise our emotions or cover them so that we do not have to confront them. Fortunately, past are those times of phrases such as children do not cry or girls are better quiet, although they still underlie the collective and unconscious mindset of some cultures. And perhaps these emotions concise us after having hidden them under cynicism, irony or humor, as David points out. Interestingly, we have learned at an early age those patterns that we exercise as adults to manage our emotions until stress, anxiety, conflict or a personal or social crisis forces us to stop and decide to learn to interpret and manage them in a more agile and beneficial way. Throughout our lives, we're training our mind, we learn to reason, to analyze, to synthesize, to get a critical opinion, and yet we neglect emotional intelligence. And that image of the grown-up person who goes to a drawing class for the first time comes back to me. Yes, that person who is surprised to see a 10-year-old drawing when that was the last time he or she drew in her life. Why do we get surprised then that we get involved in emotional patterns over and over again when we have not stopped to analyze them and learn how to improve our reactions? In order to do that, it is important to ask yourself several questions with full curiosity, with empathy, observing and accepting your emotions. What made me react like this? Or what was the emotional trigger? Where does this reaction come from? Has it been with me all my life? Or is it something new? Is it repeated in certain circumstances? How does this reaction affect my personal or professional life? Do I want to change it and learn how to do it? 
As the psychologist Daniel Kahneman points out, there are two types of thinking, and the one that is faster and more automatic and therefore more emotionally charged make us react and get hooked on un unpleasant emotions such as anger or sadness. These types of reactions keep us in the same place emotionally speaking, leaving no room for growth and improvement unless we become aware of them and train ourselves. To which I would add the emotional cost of the words we use when we tell or explain what happens to us. We can then ask ourselves why this reaction is due. Are there images that come to us at similar moments, phrases that we hear, beliefs or prejudices that appear? Being able then to open ourselves to new experiences, even with familiar people, training ourselves to adopt a beginner's mentality free of judgments about the person in front of us, giving them a new opportunity each time to express what they feel without putting labels on them is a great step. And to do it with other people, I have to tell you that first it is important to learn to do it with yourself. And what is that emotion to which we all aspire? Joy? Happiness? And is it possible to be happy all the time? The answer is pretty obvious. Creating such a high expectation only leads to frustration. Knowing how to handle those other less pleasant emotions directs us instead flexibly towards balance and well-being, knowing that we have the necessary tools to handle any situation pleasant or unpleasant. And for this, I offer you a very efficient tool when practicing with yourself and very similar to the one offered by the aforementioned doctor. In neurolinguistic programming, it is called the six steps to freedom to achieve emotional agility more effectively because we do not react in the same way to an inconvenience or problem when we are relaxed, rested and satisfied than when we are pressured, exhausted or frustrated. And for these, I ask you to identify those emotions that accompany you most frequently, the pleasant and not so pleasant ones, and a specific moment that you identify with each one in order to move between them. Happy, sad, calm, stressed, angry, surprised, afraid, courageous, etc. And now, we begin that exercise that you are going to practice for 90 days, 10 minutes a day at least, between those six states that you choose. As humans, we can train the response to the stimulus. And as parents and teachers, it is good to show our children and students what the best choices are. So let's go for those six steps. Are you ready? On the first one, you recognize the trigger and you feel the emotion. Do you cry? Do you feel pressure on your chest, on your stomach? Do you notice heat? An image from the past comes? A person? You react aggressively? The second one is that you breathe to stop that reaction and you distance yourself from it as if you were sitting in a movie theater and the screen was getting farther and farther away. Then you wonder, what state do I want? 
You can choose and recognize that new state. You see it, you feel it, you experience it. Then you give it a name. And finally, you go back to the present. When this exercise is part of your daily life, you recognize your emotional triggers and your reactions much more quickly, which allows you to distance yourself from the emotion to handle it in a more effective way and generate a more favorable state of your choice. Remember that emotions are ours. What happens is the same for everybody, that each and every one of us reacts in a different way, according to our way of thinking, acting, and our way of communicating with ourselves and others. To end today, let me remind you that your relationship with your emotions is entirely your choice. So, how would you like it to be?